You're listening to Holy Family Parish in Hanover, Ontario, Canada. We're so glad you could join us for this presentation. For more podcasts and video, and to learn more about us, visit our website at holyfamily.ca. Okay, it worked. We are live. Awesome. Awesome. Or as our friend Rhea likes to say, cool. As our friend Rhea likes to say, cool. Yes. Rhea. Yeah, I I know who you mean. Um, Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Thursday Night Appetizer. Once again, it's just just Deacon Charles and I here tonight. Um, We are the faithful ones. Pardon? FJ might might drop in, he said. FJ may drop in, yes. Um, Yeah, I guess if uh, any of you are watching and you'd like to join in, let me know. Um, Message me in the chat or something, and uh, maybe I've even got an overlay here. Let, Let me just see here. Hey, there we go. Yeah, there's a Zoom call right there. Call in on Zoom and uh, join in our conversation. We'd love to have you. Uh, but in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about our theme, which is Unify, Fighting for Christian Community in a Pandemic of Isolation. Boy, I can tell you, just, uh, Charles, maybe you can back me up on this, just in the conversations we've had today um, with, with a couple of people in particular, people are really hungry for community, for um, being part of something and I once heard the church described as incarnational, right? Mm-hmm. Which means in the flesh, right? And uh, we have not been in the flesh. We've been virtual. And the church is not a virtual church. The church is incarnational. I really believe that. And I know people are hungry. And so we are fighting for community in a pandemic of isolation and of loneliness. Um, and Charles and I are in the, on the front lines, aren't yeah. we? In a way, we all are, though. Every, because everybody's facing this isolation. And... Yeah, we're really hoping at Holy Family within the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to do more outdoor things, which we'll, you know, talk more about um, hopefully this weekend once plans are finalized. But it's so important and we have to do whatever we can to reach out to each other. That's right. And uh, Yeah, we're turning to our scriptures for this coming Sunday uh, to look specifically at hesitation as something that holds us back. Hesitation, which we see in Jesus' disciples, and we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. So yeah um this this uh sunday's reading i don't mind saying is uh, very very special to um our community of holy family because it is a part of our mission statement so mm-hmm. yes so it's very near and dear to my heart and i know charles as well yeah and i know fj as well if it comes so yes um gee why don't you assign some people to uh do the reading and uh and the prayer and everything how about i pray you do the reading okay <laughs> you got to do with the background at first so yep I hope you have a copy there. I sure do. Awesome. Doubt. Uh, Actually, maybe I I may just, I'm going to share my screen instead if that's okay. Sure. There we go. All right. Take it away. Yeah. So this coming Sunday is uh, the gospel passage comes from Matthew chapter 28. Uh, Jesus has not only risen from the dead, he's gathered the disciples together one last time before he returns to heaven. And one of the strangest things um, happens, which is that, they believe they gather but at the same time doubt continues to shadow their hearts of some of the disciples at least even as he's just about to return to heaven um the the second reading romans chapter 8 might describe that same thing doubt or hesitation as the spirit of slavery and these are powerful influences in our hearts too jesus invites us if we want to be his disciples to see him as the son of god who has received all power in heaven and earth when we see who he truly is he invites us into his mission 
those those men and women of that day become his disciples, but they're now expected to go and make disciples. Why might you hesitate when you hear Jesus' invitation today? First of all, can you see him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords? If you do, then you know that the whole world is under his rule, his dominion. Everything that exists belongs to him. Uh, perhaps we might all be challenged to accept that Jesus is Lord. And that might be difficult when you look at a world full of sin, suffering, and death, which is a shadow, those are shadows in our individual lives as well. It is really an act of faith. That is the act of faith to trust Jesus and trust that he's in charge. But this is not enough. Jesus is asking us to take on the world to extend his reign. The true disciples of Christ don't just trust him. That's a starting point. They follow him into mission. This mission calls us out of ourselves. You might be even more hesitant when you think about that. It's easier to understand focusing on Jesus. He is lovable. He loves us first. But it seems like the world might be something we should avoid. So why is Jesus' command to go into mission, to make disciples of all peoples? I think we need to experience, to take the first steps in order to have that joy of the gospel that Jesus promised. <laughs> Jesus asks us to let go of our hesitations, our doubts, so that we can share in his joy. This joy is rooted in his oneness with the Father, but it also comes from sharing in his mission. You will experience the joy of the gospel when you share your faith in Jesus in little or big ways with people in your life. That's true for all of us. And in the second reading, we hear the reminder again from Paul, Romans chapter 8, that it is the Holy Spirit who is one with the Father and the Son. We call this Trinity Sunday. We, we celebrate God who is one in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who breaks the chains of spiritual slavery and sets us free from mission so that we can share in the joy of making disciples. So I'm going to lead us in prayer whenever you're ready, Sam, and then if you want to read the uh, passage. Oh, who is that masked man? I mean, he's not was, masked. That was a reference to the old TV show, The Lone Ranger. FJ, oh. did, did you ever watch that TV show, The Lone Ranger? Yes. Yeah. And it always ended with the line, "Who was that masked man?" But he didn't wear he didn't wear a lower face covering. He wore a mask on the upper part of his face. I remember watching that show as a kid. I loved his horse. It was a pure white horse called Silver. Anyway, it is FJ. FJ. Wonderful to Hi, have everyone. you with us, FJ. Thank you. We're just where is everybody else? Um, that's an amazing question, FJ. <laughs> I just You're finished a library. <laughs> and, and Both Charles and I count as more than one person. Oh yeah. Well, we're we're the Trinity, the three of us. Oh no. Mm. No. Oh no. Our first heresy of the night, and it's all <laughs> FJ's fault. <laughs> I'm gonna. We should have like a heresy jar. Yeah. Where we put like a dollar in every time we... Yeah. Oh my Ding. goodness. We actually have something really important to do, which is to pray, FJ. And we're going to... Um, uh, Sam's going to read the passage from the gospel for this coming Sunday, which is from Matthew, Matthew 28, which is the, the which he's chosen as identifying our mission at Holy Family. Uh, we believe it's a mission of the church. And then we'll do as before, take a few moments of silence and then just share our initial responses to what we've, what we've heard in the scripture, God's word. Let us pray. We praise you and bless you, one God, holy and almighty. You are above all things and in all things. We are your creatures. Our very being rests in you. And we praise you as Father, Son, and Spirit. You, you revealed us to us who you truly are in your Son, Jesus, who calls you Father and who gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we, we thank and praise and bless you, Trinity, one God. And this evening... We open up the words of scripture 
from Matthew 28, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come into our hearts and minds this evening. Help us to really listen and understand what these sacred and inspired words are saying to us this evening, how we are all called to be followers of Jesus, members of his body, the church, entrusted with his mission into the world. And we know that I speak for myself, and I think for all of us, we can, we can doubt, we can hesitate, like some of those disciples did on that day when Jesus returned to heaven, when he returned to heaven, Jesus. But we also ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit who casts away that spirit of slavery and gives us the spirit of freedom. We make these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Commissioning of the Disciples Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they came, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, to the end of the age. and Sam, whenever you're ready to share, we'll just share spontaneously. And um, we'll I just invite you to stay unmuted if you want to, FJ, because it's just three of us on this evening. Maybe I'll start. The word that really um, struck me this evening was the word go. And I had a, a feeling of like um, kind of uh, being set free, but not just in the sense of being released, but, but like set free as in like beginning something really big which is what those disciples are doing. And that's kind of the feeling as like he's sending them off. And, and it's, um, they're almost uh, this image of like a, um, a bird beginning to fly for the first time or um, a, a boat setting off uh, across a, a lake or something. It's like set free in, into being who we're called to be. <clears throat> and then how the Holy Spirit just comes into our willingness, our, our first little tentative steps and just, empowers us 
and that kind of anyway that was my word the word go uh, for me the phrase was i will be with you always gives me great confidence to know that no matter what i go through in my life that jesus is going to, the holy spirit's going to be there and um and yeah so it's i'm just about to i'm just on the verge of uh well I have started with a new project and um normally i would be a bit um anxious about whether we can achieve what we want to achieve but i have great confidence in the person that's leading and so i just you know um see that analogous to <clears throat> in terms of the in the temporal life but see it in terms of my spiritual life that um that there's just yeah i, I guess i feel personally that maybe i've only achieved um in terms of my spiritual life say 10% of what i could achieve with with of course the aid of the holy spirit and um and it's a matter of putting one step ahead and saying all right you're going to be with me and if i know that if i'm following your will that whatever is in front of me that i'm going to be able to face it and um it's going to make me a better person a more um uh, loving person a person able to serve you and so that gives me great confidence um so i will be with you always yes uh the word which jumped out at me today is is the word mountain and uh the reason it did i think is because the there's this phrase in um kind of churchy circles which is like uh mountaintop experience <clears throat> So things we call a mountaintop experience are like a big event or something where it's like really emotional and you're on sort of a high and you're like, you know, like I think of like the conferences we've been to with our youth group and things like that. We're like, you know, everyone's like, oh God, you know, we're, I, there's so much faith and there's so much like the Holy Spirit seems to be moving and all this stuff. And it's like a, um, like almost like um, the pinnacle of spiritual experiences. And then there's the coming off the mountain or the coming down from the mountain, right? And ties into what, what Charles said about the word go. Um, the word go in this context means leave the mountain, means go down um, from this this experience you're having, right? It reminds me of the uh, the ascension we talked about. They were looking up to heaven and and the angels said, what are you doing looking up to heaven, right? And it's, it's sort of like that, like you can't stay here forever, right? You have to go, you have to go into the sort of into the valley, into the trenches, um, it's not going to be always be easy, but I'm with you always. Yeah, so it's the word mountain. Anyway, mm. I feel like what we all all said were quite complementary. I I would like to just ask. I know we have different experiences of this, but I think it would be helpful to just to focus for a moment on the word doubt, or another translation, New American says hesitation. Some had doubt, some hesitated, <clears throat> um, and and I think. Uh, I, I relate to that because when Jesus sends us into mission, including me into mission, common reaction is doubt or hesitation. And I want to ask you, FJ and Sam as well, and I may throw something in after. Like, what are some of the doubts or hesitations that people we know, including ourselves, might have about going into the mission that Jesus calls us all into? Well, I guess maybe that we're not, or that I'm not qualified enough, that I'm... Uh in the sense that I don't know my Bible as well as I should. Uh, I don't know church doctrine as well as I should. And um, so that 
if people come up to me and ask me some thorny question, um, um, I can't say, oh, well, I'll get back to you in a week because they're expecting a response then. So um, often what I do, what I did when I uh, joined this meeting tonight is uh, I said a prayer, Lord, guide me in what I say and don't allow me to make too much of a fool of myself. So um, it's a case, I mean, we're, we're supposed to be fools for Christ, but we're supposed to be educated fools for Christ. Uh, <laughs> and um, so I think that it's um, that that maybe lack of confidence in knowing. Now, I've met some people who are, you know, uh, lay Christians, lay Catholics who are uh, fantastic. They, they seem to come across as being so self-assured in their faith. I personally don't feel that I'm in that position, but maybe that has one advantage, um, maybe only one, maybe, but the one advantage, I guess, is that I can at least relate to people who are in the same boat. Um, and um, I'm doing, as you know, I'm doing a course right at the moment, well, it's over a period of a few years, and I'm not doing it for my own self. It's not just for myself, although it is in part, but it's because of being able to <clears throat> understand my faith better and then going out. Um, so I love this. Um, um, I'm doing a paper right at the moment on the Trinity. So this really comes into the fore, given that this Sunday is the solemnity of Trinity and, and about the, the lover, the beloved, and the Father, Son, and Spirit. <clears throat> And that you have to have the spirit because you just can't have love between two people. It has to go outward. And of course, it's the spirit's manifestation in the world. Um, but anyways, I'm getting off a topic as per usual. Thanks, FJ. <laughs> so you were, you were basically saying that, that, uh, I think this is very common. People not necessarily feeling that they have the knowledge of the Bible or the faith might lead to hesitation. And, um, yeah. And, but also you're pointing out that that can be. A benefit if it allows us to perhaps relate better to people who are not in the in the community of faith as well. Yeah. Sam, what, what are some of the hesitations you've experienced or seen other people experience of going into mission? I I don't know. I I don't really read that uh, line the same as you do. I I sort of see that more as like they doubted him. They didn't doubt their mission. Hmm. Not that they doubted their mission, but they doubted his whether he was really there or whether he really existed right. at that moment. Or what yeah. do you what do you think about that? Do you think that's Oh, I think I think I think that's quite a quite a reasonable thing. It's like they, though they they witnessed the resurrection multiple times by then, but yes, it would still be an odd thing. It doesn't say exactly who doubted. Maybe some of them were there for the first time seeing him risen from the dead. Paul writes in First Corinthians fifteen that at one time five hundred people saw him. Maybe that was the largest gathering. Maybe that was this gathering. But maybe they, for some of them, maybe the first time they saw him and they didn't know what to make of that. That's actually really important. You, you know, I think. Go ahead. I had, I had a conversation recently about doubt and uh, it sort of ties in with the whole mission question because it was a person that had um, been engaging in mission in the mm -hmm. mission of our, of our church, the mission of the church, which is to go and make disciples. And it was to the, from the outside, it was very apparent that this was bearing fruit. Okay. But this person struggled with doubt and it was like, it was more like doubt in themselves, not really doubt. And it was a bit like what FJ said, like just like an inadequacy or like, uh, um, not so much I don't know what to say, but like almost like I don't have the moral authority to evangelize. And 
um, what I said to this person was, you know, I told them about the fruit that I see, but it, um, it sort of ties in with what uh, I was talking with Charles a little earlier today about a webinar we were on today. Um, they were talking about the importance of witness and how witness isn't about having some kind of superiority or having all the answers. It's more about the love that you show to others, the love that you show to God, the the simplicity of your life, your humility. Um, and that that should be kind of daunting. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit, because without our, without the Holy Spirit, we can't do it. You know, so it's it's not about like achieving some kind of le some level of like knowledge or I mean, it's obviously good to study and and learn, but it's about really, I think, recognizing our weakness and uh, trusting in God um, for the mission that he sent us out on. I mean, he, he's the one that will equip us ultimately for a mission, you know. I was thinking of two kinds of hesitations or doubts that people have about engaging in mission. One is kind of a cliche, but it has validity to it. This idea that that uh, Christian who's out to, to evangelize is trying to like foist something on people, uh, almost like a you know like a scammy salesperson. Um, and people, you know, have really kind of ridiculous cliches about um, people from the American South and fundamentalism and so forth that really are unfair. I, I would even use the word kind of bigoted, honestly. However, there's something to it. Like there is a style of evangelism that has been out there, which is basically um, almost pushy or maybe too pushy. And people equate being evangelistic with being pushy. So I wouldn't want to do that. I don't, I actually am a pushy person, unfortunately. It's one of my weaknesses, but I don't like the idea of anyone, including me, pushing my faith on other people. Uh, that's, I think that's one, one, one kind of hesitation or doubt about going on mission. I think the other one I thought about is um, when you get close to people, if they're struggling, as many people are, what if their struggles are so overwhelming that you feel like now what have I got myself into? Because I need now to support this person. And I'm thinking about um, a situation in our, in our community where uh, a, a young lady we know uh, ran to my wife, which is an odd thing to do, right? But just walking in the street in town and she was basically about to be evicted. She had till the end of the month. And, and, and Mary knows this, you know, this young, young woman from the time she was a teenager, she's over 30 now. Well, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, what are you going to do this this time? This this time in particular, COVID and rents and everything. Um, and I know it's not it's not strictly about evangelizing, but it is very much about manifesting our faith in Christ and being His witness. What do you do? It's, it's it is overwhelming. Well, I love what Mary did um, for one thing, and this this was a bit of a risk, but it was I think it was warranted in the circumstances because this this person's life was falling apart. Like, the, what was she supposed to do, right? So Mary gave her a hug. And I know that's a, it's not an easy thing to do at this time, but it, it was really important. The other thing that Mary did, and this person, she has a Christian background and, and some faith in that, but anyway, Mary prayed with her on the street right there and then. That was just a week ago. So Saturday, we got a call. I actually got the call and passed it on to Mary. Well, it was, a, I mean, literally a miracle, in my opinion, because I have no idea how they found, people are trying to help her find a place to live, found her a place to live. I mean, but it's overwhelming. I mean, mission is overwhelming when you get close to people who are really struggling with things that you can't handle. And I, in those situations too. So anyway, those are two hesitations that occurred to me. But I think the three of us have all been part of the, the effort to convince Catholics, Christians that they need to evangelize in the past. Yeah. Like we've been working on that as a, as a parish, you know, with even making this our mission statement, that this is what we're about. This is our identity. 
Um, but you're right. One of the, the biggest barriers to that is this, this notion that, well, I, uh, you know, I don't want to be one of these pushy street evangelists who, you know, knocks on doors and tries to foist your, your faith on others. Um, they sort of see that as something that's not Catholic, <laughs> you know, like, oh, other people may do that, but not us. You know, that's not part of our identity. That couldn't be farther from the truth. I think it becomes kind of an excuse because if you, if you, if you buy into the cliche, well, who would want to be pushy? I don't want to be pushy, even though I kind of am pushy. It's a bad thing. But what if there's something great about sharing the thing you find most know to be the most precious in your life? Um, but I, I wonder, maybe ask you, um, FJ and, and Sam, about the importance of uh, things like being patient and gentle uh, when sharing our faith. Maybe what has your been, been your experience of the need for those kinds of qualities of gentleness and patience in evangelizing? Oh, I think it goes a long way. Um, uh, if the person sees that you have a calm disposition, that you're compassionate, you're empathetic, that you're a good listener. I mean, that, um, I can't pronounce his name, but there's a, a brother, he has a hyphenated last name, he's German, I think, and much of his mission is about Christian listening, how important it is to actually listen. Um, too often, I find myself, when I'm chatting with someone, and they might be sharing something with me, but one part of my brain is, is thinking, what am I going to say next? And while I'm thinking of that, I'm missing what the person is actually saying or maybe some qualification of what they just said. And, and then if you get the retort, well, didn't you hear what I said? And of course, obviously I didn't because I was thinking of a response. And so for me, it's important to be a good listener. And in being a good listener, you are I think it just follows that you're um, kind, compassionate. Um, my experience has been that if I meet someone and they give me 100% attention, it could be people around, etc. but if, if they're giving me 100% attention, that makes me feel special. And so, therefore, I want to return the favor to anyone that I encounter so that I'm 100% present with them. Um, I'm not thinking about what I've got to do next or what happened yesterday, but that I'm present in the moment. For me, that's a big hill to climb because I'm never really 100% in the present, but it is something that I'm striving for. And if I'm in the present, a calm exterior, then I think the message, Jesus' message, um, will come through even stronger, more... Um, when I say stronger, what I mean is that it'll have more of an impact because it's um, yeah, the last thing I would want. I've never ever approached anybody in a, in a frantic, fanatical way about Jesus. Um, I would never do that. It's just not part of my nature. And so, um, because if I see somebody that's calm, centered um, in themselves, then I know that. Jesus is at the center of them, and so I want to. I want to also be like do likewise. Uh, Sam, I know we were on the same video call, uh, the, the webinar earlier today, and they were talking about specific evangelizing young people in their teens and early twenties. But do you want to talk a bit about? I think some of the qualities that that we're going to talk about. How do we engage in mission? I think it applies to people of all ages. Anything you might remember from that? How, how do we share the faith in Jesus Christ today? Oh, well, this, 
I think this just ties in with what you just asked, which was um, what was the question that you asked again? Um, the importance of things like patience and gentleness. Right, and patience, like, like so. Okay, so patience is a quality of someone who evangelizes. And something that came up today really profoundly was um, uh, it's like a, a phrase kind of coined by Pope Francis mainly, which is accompaniment. The idea to of accompanying someone and the words that I think I'm going from memory that Pope Francis uses for accompaniment. It's a, a steady and reassuring presence, mm-hmm. right? Stead, the word steady and reassuring. And it just reminds me that evangelization is the long game. It is a, it's a lot more like planting seeds, you know, from the parable of the sower where you plant the seeds and then there's this period of waiting of patience where you really are like, you're sort of hoping and watching and waiting for something to happen and trusting that God is, is going to take it, you know, um, you can go too far the other way where you, you sort of say that, um, evangelization is just, just your witness. You're just living it out and you never speak or you never speak the truth or you never, you never mention Jesus. Uh, you can go too far that way as well, but really evangelization is about patience. It is the long game. It takes a long time sometimes for that seed to bear fruit. Uh, but we have to be patient. Yeah. We have to trust that God is working. I, 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 I am a little bit, um, if I can use the term, triggered by this phrase, we're planting seeds, because I, I often associate that with people who don't follow up. But I, I know you're a farmer. I'm not. But farmers plant the seed, but they've done a lot of preparation before they plant the seed, and they keep on caring for the soil and the seed after it's planted. And I think one of the one of the one of the interesting things, and I've been, I'd say, learning about this, still I'm learning about this, is how how important it is to be really sensitive and aware, and besides what you said, FJ, about listening, listening to that person. What is it this person needs now? And there may be a point at which this person needs me to share my testimony, my own testimony of my conversion, for example. Maybe a time when someone, like I was thinking of my wife, someone needs a hug or just someone to hold their hand. Um, sometimes they need someone to tell a joke, um, you know, this it, it, just in life like it, we're all the same way i don't need the same thing all the time i always need to feel loved and cared for as you were saying fj but that'll look differently at, at different points even for the same person the the hug is such a beautiful example because that hug may have convinced that person of the gospel of of the love of jesus more than yeah. anything anyone could have said at that yeah. moment that was probably exactly what they needed even if it didn't solve any problems, yeah, um, it was an act of love, and it was whether I mean I, I'm sure this person knew it that it was an act of love because of Jesus, because of mm-hmm. the the work that Mary Mary does with them. So um, beautiful example of of uh, you know the gospel being shared and being sort of li- aware of what a person's needs are and willingness just to sort of step out of your comfort zone and and do whatever it, whatever it takes say whatever it takes, do whatever it takes. So I, I, I want to ask you, FJ um, and, and Sam, and I'll try to answer as well at the end, just to, just something to kind of pull our thoughts together. Um, I think that we in the Catholic community, as you were saying, Sam, are growing in our sense of a need for being on mission. And even the joy, uh, the joy of the gospel that Pope Francis talks about that goes, we, we receive as a gift when we, when we get into mission. But not everybody in the Catholic community or Christians in general and what that's like, or understand it, or even like the thought of it. Um, they, they find it difficult, they find it 
hard to understand. It's not what they're familiar with. So I think I'm working hard, I hope, to remember that within the Catholic community, within the Christian church, many people do not understand mission. And I, I'm asking you guys um, to you know reflect a little bit on how could those of us who have at least embraced the possibility of mission and begun to enter into it, how can we share uh, with with our brothers and sisters in Christ? Well, Charles, you mentioned about Mary giving that woman a hug, and that reminds me of the words of St. Francis of Assisi. He says, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. So the preaching of the gospel is often uh, not words, but actions. And so for me, I give a person a hug, and I may say something, this is, I and Jesus are giving you a hug that way, introducing the fact that it's just not me, it's I'm being, um, I'm being um, inspired by the Holy Spirit to give this hug. And so I feel that that's a witness, that, that, I, that my action isn't just my action, it's uh, being the instrument of the Holy Spirit and conveying that to the person so that they know that it's not just me, I'm not just doing it, it's the Holy Spirit that has directed me. Um, because there might be sometimes I might say, oh, well, this is COVID. I, I can't do this. Uh, it's, it's the wrong thing to do. But if the Holy Spirit directs me and say, well, this, all things being equal, this is the right thing to do in the circumstances, then I'll trust in the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm not saying taking risks, uh, you know, but um, so, yes, to tie my action to my faith, not so to make it clear to people. And so for me, that's, a first step in terms of evangelization. Thanks, Sam. Um, I feel like you cut off right before asking the question, but um, was it was it about like what we can do for for Christians, Catholics that maybe are uncomfortable with the idea of evangelizing? Is that basically it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say something a challenge for me. I'm not really even sure what the answer is. Maybe you can answer this when you speak. Is um, you know, it's really hard to convince someone who hasn't experienced evangelization and been evangelized their mm -hmm. need to evangelize it's sort of like you can only really share that if you have it um so i think part of it is about helping people experience evangelization and experience the joy of the gospel in their own life first mm -hmm. and then it's a question of do you want to be happy sharing the gospel living it out in your life it's an adventure it's fun it's exciting uh we want a church where the gospel is being shared uh because that's where the joy is like pope francis that's the the entitled Ooh. title of his encyclical that's mm -hmm. where the joy is in the church is where the gospel is being shared if you want to be part of it it's it's joyful it's not easy it's sometimes scary sometimes frustrating sometimes it makes me angry but at the end of the day it's what gives me joy and i actually find my joy declines when i go periods of time where i, I forget that or i ignore it or whatever and when i'm really <laughs> pressing into it that's what I'm happy. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I was thinking about um, something as simple. I really think it's simple and by no means the be all and the end all as as the, the alpha video series and more importantly, the conversations that, that go with it. And one of the, one of the great things um, is we've seen people who are lifelong faithful members of the, the Holy Family Parish as well as people who've never had much to do with Jesus or faith before coming together. And the amazing thing, what I hear and what I see is 
all of us can be touched when we draw closer to Christ and ex- start to experience that joy of conversion, which just means basically turning back to him. And when we share that together, we're kind of on mission at the same time. And, you know, you were relating uh, last uh, last night was the night of prayer for the Holy Spirit and, and how that was so moving for both people who are new as well as for people who have been lifelong members of Holy Family Parish Community. And, and we can see those people being drawn into mission um, over time. So you take a, what I would encourage people to do if this, if this idea of mission is new to you or if you have a friend or a family member who's never been on mission before, just invite them into taking one little step like for instance and it's very simple to do just just come to alpha for a few evenings maybe the next time it's running or or find other opportunities we're trying to make them more and more available through holy family where you can just participate in something as kind of a quiet person just listening and then and then as you are drawn in which is what the holy spirit does you you, i think you receive that joy so i think it is a beautiful opportunity and, and to me really is the 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 antidote to hesitation and doubt and the spirit of slavery is the joy of the gospel which the holy spirit gives so you know what fj i'm just going to call upon you because we're we're kind of at the end of our time i would it be okay to ask you to close in prayer uh, as we end our reflections on this upcoming trinity sunday's passage from matthew 28 well i'll close with this psalm this very short psalm that always speaks to me be still and know that i'm god Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Amen. Amen. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our evening. Sam, do you have any parting words for anyone who may may be watching or listening at some point? Well, sure. I would like to say to anyone that's listening or watching, we welcome your comments. And um, we'd love to hear from you. And if you'd ever like to come on, the call with us and uh, reflect on, discuss the gospel, or you know someone who might like to let let us know. Yeah. We're always happy to have more people, aren't we, guys? So, um, yep. yes, this is week eight of eleven of the Unify series. Who knows what will happen after the Unify series? We're not sure, but um, we're going to continue for at least a few more weeks. So, let us know what you think. Message us on uh, YouTube, Facebook, any any way you get a hold of us. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. That's all. Good night, everyone. Words. Good night, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see you on the weekend. Bye. Bye.